0: I'm your host, Gina, and I'm your host, Christina, and welcome to Milk Carton Cases, a missing person podcast dedicated to missing person cases in Canada and the U.S.
1: So today is our two-year anniversary, so we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to go do a recap of all the cases that we've done so far, and uh, we're going to let you know if there's any new information on those cases.
0: All right. So should we just hop right in? Let's do it. Okay. We're gonna start with episode seven because the first six, Christina, you weren't around, so I figured let's start with, start with, start with seven, and maybe one day we can work our way backwards. There we go. Okay. Um, this episode uh, was based on two cases: Michael J. Calvert and Frederick J. Workman. I covered the case of Michael James Calvert, who uh, was a twenty-nine, is a twenty-nine-year-old man from. Channelview, Texas, which is a suburb in Houston. The story of his disappearance goes that he's his wife woke up in the morning after having a regular evening with him to an empty side of the bed. Uh, when she started to investigate, she saw that Michael's wallet and his car were in the same place as he left it the night before. But then, further on throughout the day, she investigated further because he had not turned up, and she ended up discovering his clothes from the night before along with his cell phone, laid in the grass in the backyard. Do you remember
1: that one? I do remember that one.
0: Well, um, so he, there are no updates. And he left behind a wife and two young children.
1: I do like that uh, that's your uh, United States one that you did. I know. <laughs> I was just going to
0: say. This was before, This was when everything was crazy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we had no, like, structure. So I did it in an American case. And, yeah, and that's, I think, the last time I did that
1: better be <laughs> um, So my case was on Frederick J. workman so on August 2nd 2013, 15 year old Frederick James Workman disappeared from the youth facility where he was staying in Des Moines, Iowa. After he was told he couldn't return home until after he completed the required probation program, he walked away from the facility by himself and was never seen again. Frederick is a white male with strawberry blonde hair, blue eyes and a small scar under his chin. At the time of his disappearance he was around 5 five and approximately 135 pounds. Um, and he has no new updates
0: too bad all right moving on to our eighth episode lennox grant and ariana Fitz. so i covered the case of lennox grant um lennox a 16 year old boy from toronto ontario Uh, more specifically he was from north york and this was the time this is where he was last seen so his story is a bit weird not weird but um there's not a lot of information except uh the last time that he was seen um yep was in that area (laughs) i apologize um the last time sorry he made contact with his family was said to be in april of 2020 but then he was only officially reported missing on december 7th of 2020 do you Mm -hmm. remember that a bit yep Um, Another major point uh, or detail of his case was that he initially was reported as a missing person um, as a man instead of as a child or underage youth, Mm -hmm. and that kind of caused uh, an uproar, uh, as you would imagine, with the public. But then quickly, I would say... Quickly. Relatively. Yeah, the police corrected it and changed the missing per- person report to a, a child. And unfortunately, as of today, there are no updates.
1: um So I did my case on Ariana Fitz. So on April 5th, 2016, two year old Ariana Fitz was reported missing with her mother, 32 year old Nicole Fitz from San Francisco, California. At the time, Ariana was supposed to be at a babysitter's, but no one had actually seen her in six weeks. And unfortunately, a few days after, Nicole was supposed to take Ariana back from the babysitter. She was found murdered in McLaren Park, covered by a piece of plywood. Ariana is a black female with black hair and black eyes. To see age progression photos, visit her at the Charlie Project. And she has no new updates. Sad.
0: Yes, I do remember that case, actually. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah it was a little crazy. Well, they're all crazy, but that was a little crazy. Um, Moving on to episode number nine. Amelie MacArthur and Paul Fugate. Mm-hmm. I covered the case of Amelie MacArthur. So on the 28th of August in the year 1973, 36-year-old lady, woman, Amelie MacArthur went missing from Taylor in British Columbia. Um that Tuesday morning she had left her home in the town of Taylor, got into her car and drove off. And then later on that same day, her car actually ended up being found. You remember this? I do. Yeah, it was strange. On a bridge, um, specifically the Peace River Bridge. Uh the bizarre detail of that was that the car was left running and the door was open and the headlights were still on. So basically like the person driving just stopped the car and walked out. Walked out just as is. And that has no updates. And that's the story of Emily.
1: This was our older episode for sure. Yes. Um, So mine was on Paul Braxton Fugate, who went missing on January 13th of 1980 from Chiricahua National Monument Park outside of Wilcox, Arizona at the age of 41. Um, The special thing about his case is that he's the only Park Service Ranger to go missing and never be accounted for. Um, So at 2 p.m., Paul left the Visitor Center to do a foot patrol on a nearby trail and never came back. Uh, paul is a white male between 5 5 and five ten, hundred sixty 160 to 170 pounds with grain brown hair blue eyes long hair with a full beard and mustache and pronounced widow's peak thick granny style glasses and he was last seen wearing his park service uniform and red wing boots carrying a green down parka and like these older cases so i feel like it's hard to get an update on those yeah
0: definitely is especially yeah i mean in 1973 and 1980 yeah. yeah yeah it's been a while um so for our 10th episode we covered the case of michael leonard delaney Mm -hmm. which was yours and i covered the case of jesse galganoff which ended up being i ended up going yeah a two-parter so i'm just gonna cover it one time on thursday september 28th uh geez that's interesting um september 28th i believe is 2016. for some reason this information is not there Oh, yeah i think i might have hmm um would you mind googling the year that he went missing for me while i continue with the story because i want to be completely accurate with the year mm-hmm. jesse Galganov. i'll go on until i find the the year um so he was living in montreal quebec And decided to take a backpacking trip in South America. At this time, uh, he ended up he was in Peru, and on this fateful day, he would text his mom saying that he would not be able to be in touch. Sorry, not the fateful day, but a couple. Right, I was wrong. It was 2017. Apologies. So September 28th, 2017, and like I said, he went backpacking in Peru. And a couple of days before he officially went missing, he decided to text his mom saying, you know, that he was going to be out of reach for a few days. Um, but basically saying that he was going to message her when his trek was done. Uh, he ended up taking a pretty intense trek in the Andes. And his mother, Elisa, was hoping to hear from him by October 1st. Um, but then she would never hear from him and so the search for jesse would begin on october 14th a missing person report was filed in the united states and canada at the american embassies in peru i know this isn't um this case doesn't happen in canada or america but it he is both a citizen of both countries so i figured
1: it still counts it
0: counts um so he was reported missing in both embassies in peru um He had dual citizenship, as I just said, and that was pretty much the end of of that case until February 3rd, 2022. Jesse's father posted a video statement on YouTube regarding the search for his son in Peru. Um, During the search for Jesse in the Andes, he had many search teams uh, looking for his son. They were so a couple people were hired. So he had, uh, apparently he, he say, states that he hired different search teams from different countries. Uh, there was a team from Mexico there, an, in, an Israeli team, and an international mountain police search team. Um, Jesse's father also went in and searched for him for quite some time, uh, along with the local Peruvians. As of this year, they have found a body in an area of interest um amongst an array of boulders oh wow yeah um in the same area that he was last seen trekking um apparently the israeli search team are the ones who spotted this footage um sp- spotted the body i i should say amongst the boulders uh they apparently captured about 300 hours of video footage and i guess upon going over it they noticed something mm mm-hmm. So they review the footage for about a month's time, and then, as Jesse's father explains, this is where they believe they have spotted Jesse's body. Um, He goes on to say that his friend in Peru was telling him to go there because he truly believes that it is Jesse, but he also explains, the father explains that there was an award, uh, reward, sorry, offered uh, and expected to be given. So it's a little bit like, I guess, from the way it sounds from Jesse's father, it was just sort of like he wants to see the evidence, wants to make sure that it's his son. I think he's upset about the whole thing, and then the the talk about the reward coming in with the findings of possible findings of his son, it just was like too much too much exactly um so yes, apparently he still hasn't seen any reports regarding the disappearance, like uh the Sorry, regarding the disappearance of his son, he had never seen any in, like of the reports like in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a bit skeptical on everything in general. As you might you might be as a parent, he feels like from the sounds of it, like he just he needs to see some cold, hard evidence that it's his son.
1: Right, and that that makes that sense. Ma- but that's why he should go to Peru. Peru yes right but he had been there so many
0: times before i'm not i'm not really sure but the point is um he's now waiting for dna to come back to the dna evidence to prove that it is um in fact jesse and that's exactly where we're at right now and he's waiting on that got it and this is all from the video that he posted on on his youtube channel which i will post a link so that if anybody was interested in looking at that and maybe spreading the word it'll be easy enough to find.
1: Okay, um, my case was on Michael Winner Delaney. So on May 10th, 2020, 75-year-old Michael Delaney went missing from the Reston Hospital in Reston, Virginia. His stepdaughter had brought him to the hospital to get checked out after a fall, but because of COVID she couldn't go in with him. However, Michael had dementia and at 9 p.m. he walked out of the hospital by himself. So there is an update on this one oh. um, on July 21st, 2021 skeletal remains were found in the oh, no. Sugarland run area and were identified as Michael a few days later. So unfortunate. Yeah. That's sad. Yep. Okay. Um, so for the next one, you just want me to, yeah, to go. Sure. Okay. Please. So my case was on Ralph Jean Marie and you did yours
0: again on Jesse. Part two. Yeah. Part two.
1: Um, so in <clears> his <throat> case, On April 15th, 2020, 38-year-old Ralph Jean-Marie was reported missing from Bar, Vermont. His girlfriend said that they got into an argument and Ralph walked out of the motel room they were staying in without taking his ID, glasses, wallet, or medications and was never seen again. Um, Activists and community members think that the police have been neglecting his case because of his race and socioeconomic class. So that was kind of one of the main... Things that we talked about during that one, um, Ralph is a 38-year-old black man with black hair and brown eyes. He's five ten, 140 pounds. He was last seen wearing a gray Carhartt jacket, gray pajama pants, and a black and gray hat with king and white letters on the bottom of the bill with Adidas sneakers. Uh, he does have tattoos on his arm, including one of a cross on his shoulder, and there have been no new updates on that case. Episode
0: 12. I covered the case of Dylan Dylan Ealer, and you covered the case of Timothy Pitson. Mm -hmm. Um, So on a Wednesday afternoon at around 1 p.m. on May 6th in 2020, a three-year-old boy named Dylan Ehler went missing from his grandmother's backyard in the town of Truro, Nova Scotia. Um, Do you remember this a bit? No. Okay, that's that's okay. Uh, So Dylan's grandmother was in the backyard and, yeah, she was – tying her dog up um literally for like she says it couldn't have been like more than a minute and then when she turned back around he was gone Mm -hmm. um nowhere to be seen and just like that like she couldn't find him she also states that yeah like i said it couldn't have been that long she says between 18 and 20 seconds extended that to a minute um but yeah you get the you get the gist so truro police believe that there are there's no foul no foul play um when they later discovered his rubber boots do you remember that part Mm -hmm. um by a brook behind his grandmother's house the so the thing about this brook is that it leads into a river and then into the bay of fundy Mm -hmm. in the bay of fundy with you remember or not, um, is known to have some of the world's highest tides. Um, Dylan's parents have not ruled out the possibility of something more sinister, a kidnapping. But as of today, there are no official updates.
1: Um, my case was on Timothy Pitson. So on May 11th, 2011, six year old Timothy Pitson was picked up from kindergarten by his mother in Aurora, Illinois. Um, over the next couple of days, Timothy and his mother were caught on several surveillance cameras as they drove from Illinois and up into Wisconsin and then back down again. So I don't know if you remember this case. It was kind of all yeah. Yeah, over. Yes, like I do remember that. Yep. Um, however, on May 13th, Timothy is never seen again, and on the 14th, his mother is found dead from suicide. Uh, it's clear that his mother had been planning this for at least a couple of months, and family members believe that she actually gave Timothy to somebody else to be raised instead of believing that she would ever actually hurt him. Uh, so, Timothy is four foot two, 70 pounds, white male with brown hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing green or blue shorts and a brown t shirt, white socks, with a Spider Man backpack. And unfortunately, there have been no, no updates. updates. That's too bad. Uh, episode
0: 13 Glenn Harold Field and Doreen. Doran. Doran, excuse me, Sanford. I covered the case of Glenn um, on September. In in the month of September 2018, Glenn Harold Field went uh, and his two German shepherds went um, on a camping trip. So he was dro- dropped off by a charter. Yes, you remember this story. I remember right?
1: that the dogs were in the canoe, yeah. and I, we were surprised.
0: Yeah, uh, he was dropped by a chartered plane um, in the surroundings of Lake Rolf in Northwest Territories, Canada, which is like mm-hmm. really far north and. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to camp there. Uh, his plan was for him to live off-grid for a few, for the winter months and then return a yellow knife in the spring or summer of 2019. By October 11th of 2019 an official missing person report was made by the RCMP. So you recall that? Yeah. Um, at one point, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but at one point there was um, somebody in a plane that was driving uh flying excuse me over the his camp Mm -hmm. area and it said that everything seemed to look like in place nothing looked disheveled or anything like that but they did not sight, they did not see him or his dogs so there is an update um sort of as of february 16th of this year glenn's brother wayne field uh submitted an affidavit um to officially declare his brother deceased as of may of 2019 um and i'm gonna quote what he said so it's my belief it is my belief given the amount of time that he has passed that has passed excuse me since my brother glenn Glenn harold field had last been spotted that he is unfortunately deceased and i believe that's due to the fact of where he was last seen the circumstances like the likelihood of Him surviving that that long i guess yeah aren't aren't really high so uh, although it can't be verified his brother believes that glenn uh passed away somewhere in the spring or summer and said that he can't be sure but he thinks it's possible that glenn's canoe may have capsized um while in transit and that's the update of that case okay yeah
1: um, so, 34-year-old Doran Sanford disappeared from Fairbanks, Alaska on August 28, 2020. He was last seen walking down the road looking for his dog Groot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember this one. Uh, police believe that there was foul play involved and that someone in the community knows what happened, but still no. so far no one has come forward still, so still no updates. Uh, he was 5'10", 140 to 160 pounds, with brown hair and blue eyes. His dog Groot was a is a Rottweiler with Without a crop tail, um, and he was last seen wearing a navy blue Tanana Chiefs Conference sweatshirt, a camo Lavelle's Tap House hat, and he might have been carrying a backpack.
0: Um, not to make light of anything, but uh, the way you just said that, I thought <laughs> first. I thought, the, the, dog the dog was, was wearing it. Me. I know. No, I as way. soon as I said, I was like, I should have uh, specified. Uh, no, but no, <laughs> no, but that would be really cute. That would be very cute. Wouldn't that be cute? It's like, do you have a picture? I wish. I wish. Um. All right. Episode fourteen, uh, the case of Delmer bonnet Rouge, bonnet Rouge. Sorry if I said that wrong. And Jalik. 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 Excuse me. Rain Walker. I remember that actually. That's your case. Mm-hmm. So, um, my story, my case was on Delmer, a thirty-five-year-old man who went missing on uh, April twenty-seventh of the year two thousand fifteen in Fort Providence of Northwest Territories. So there's not much information um, on exactly where he disappeared from, how he disappeared, or any of, the, or any of those details. Only that um, there was some focus on the Hay River area during the search for him. Also, another piece of information, I'm not sure, you'll probably remember it when I say it now, um, was given that he was actually facing three sexual assault charges, yeah, at the time. Um, and there was a warrant out for his arrest on the 15th of April um so about two weeks before he went missing mm-hmm. so some people have speculated that maybe that has to do with his disappearance um but there's nothing to actually prove that and as of today there are no updates
1: um so my case was angelique rainwalker um on november 1st 2007 12 year old Jalik rainwalker went missing from his adoptive parents house in greenwich new york at 7.30 that morning, his adoptive father woke up and discovered that Jalik was gone and in his place was a note. Um, and I think it's pretty fair to say that most people suspect that his adoptive parents had something to do with Jalik's yeah. disappearance. But yeah. uh, so far, no evidence has been found. Right. Um, however, there is a brand new tip oh. that came in on Wednesday, June 29th, 2022.
0: Oh. Like that recent? Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Okay. Yep. Um, so, police have not released any information or said what the tip was. It did make them search a wooded area near the South Troy daughters baseball field. Uh, they did also call Julie's adoptive grandmother, Barbara Really, Do you remember Barbara? Yes. I was she broke into the, the house. The
0: grandmother broke into the house. Yep. Yes. I love so, that grandmother. Yep.
1: So, they did call her to tell her about the search. Um, she's quoted as saying, they got a tip and they said it was a good tip. I don't good. know any other details. Good is good? Yep. I so... Hope we'll see if uh we have good.
0: it hopefully meaning like alive and well
1: i think we're kind of past that part unfortunately well, that but really at least good. like some kind of yeah closure. i know if
0: they found him alive and well i think that would be the headline yeah. my bad yeah.
1: um so Jalik is biracial with brown hair and green eyes at the time of his disappearance his hair had blonde highlights and was styled in a two-inch afro he was last seen wearing a bright yellow fleece pullover and a gray t-shirt with an image of a dragon on the front, blue jeans, and a black canvas high top sneaker. Yeah.
0: I remember that mm-hmm. case vividly, actually. All right. Episode 16, Talib Islam. Taliba.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Taliba, excuse me. Taliba Islam. Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it, yeah. And Jessica Hepner you covered the case of Taliba mm-hmm. and I covered the case of Jessica. So Jessica, if you remember or you don't, I'm going to tell you anyways. She's a 20 21-year-old woman, young woman um, from Ontario originally who goes missing from the province of uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. So this was on May 26, 2015. She traveled there with a travel companion that's how he's described in all the uh, in all the articles on this case Uh, she traveled to the city of St. John's with a friend Norbert uh, Kesha Uh, she stayed at a hotel and then the next day she caught a taxi from there Um, and she told the taxi driver apparently she told the taxi driver that uh, she was going to meet a a friend and then it says brackets a man uh, for a short period of time and would be calling for another taxi later on Uh, this spot that she went to was only about 20 minutes away from her hotel and that was the last time she had been seen so that was the last known sighting of jessica and as of today there are still no updates and remember there was video footage uh caught of her Mm -hmm. i think it was at like a corner store or something like that or a pharmacy maybe yeah uh no
1: more updates um, so, on January 16th, 2006, Taliba Islam disappeared from her boyfriend's house in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, the two of them had a three-month-old son together and were still dating, but they were not living together. So, on that day, Taliba drove to his apartment to drop off their son and was never heard from again. Uh, police did not suspect her boyfriend of foul play until 10 years later when his, cur- his current girlfriend, Tiffany Johnson, disappeared after talking to him outside of her brother's apartment. Um, so although there has been no justice for Taliba, the boyfriend was convicted for aggravated kidnapping of Tiffany. Um, Taliba Islam is 5 foot 11, 130 to 140 pounds. She has red hair with brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a pink sweater, jeans and pink and purple heels. Tiffany Johnson is five foot four, 125 to 135 pounds. She has reddish brown auburn hair and brown eyes. Her nose, ears, tongue, and navel are pierced with it. and she also has a number of tattoos. Uh, She was last seen wearing a black sports jacket, a pink shirt with the word pink on the sleeve, black and white spandex pants, and black ankle socks. And no more updates on those cases. those two cases. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a two-for-one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you think we should pause? I think, yeah, this is probably a good time to take a little break. So, cut. We left off at episode 17, correct? Mm -hmm. The cases of Curtis Thorne and the missing persons of the Bennington Triangle. Yep. I covered the case of Curtis Thorne, who is a 26-year-old man who went missing from the east side of St. John, but New Brunswick. Uh, He had tattoos across his knuckles that had the words die alone Mm -hmm. and then uh, a big tattoo on the inside of his upper left arm saying more life and there are no updates
1: okay um so the case that i did was a little bit different because it was our halloween episode um so instead of just doing one case um i looked at a period of time between 1945 and 1950 when five people went missing under mysterious circumstances in an area centered around Glastonbury Mountain in Vermont that's known as the Bennington Triangle. Um, very similar to the Bermuda Triangle-ish. Uh, so <laughs> On the... land. On land, land. correct. Yes. Um, so those five people are Mitty Rivers, Paula Weldon, James Tedford, and Paul Jepsen, who disappeared without a trace, and finally Frida Langer, whose body was found five months after she disappeared. Um, so the um, mysterious, you know, part of this is that the color red shows up somewhere in most of the cases and it's thought to be a very unlucky color and while i don't have any updates on those cases um i did see that there have been more missing people which isn't necessarily uncommon in you know wooded areas um but yes uh, apparently the color red shows up in all their cases as well all of them uh so that they have oh, yeah. published online okay that they talk about oh, still um but, I guess a lot yep <laughs> uh but also um none of them have been as famous as these five people that i did my cases on. Well. yeah
0: the the circumstances in which they went missing was like bizarre was quite weird like the bus one mm-hmm. yeah yep. so weird yeah yes I, I remember that all right episode 18 tamara halona bell mm-hmm. and caitlin brandy potts I covered the case of Caitlin Brownie Potts, who is a 27-year-old Samson Cree First Nation woman and mother to a young son. Uh, She went missing from Enderby, British Columbia, on February 26, 2016. So she had been in a relationship with a man on and off um, where domestic abuse was reported. Um, At the time when she went missing, she wasn't officially connected to him, but I, I guess because that detail is inserted that they're might be some you know reason behind it maybe there's a some sort of connection not officially uh so the day that she went missing she they found out later on that she had texted uh, her roommate stating that she met a man the night before and also in another text to her she said that she found somebody on kijiji to give her a ride to calgary calgary alberta the next day and it's not clear if that stranger um she also said stranger and it's not clear if it's the same person from the night before that she had met or they're two different people Mm -hmm. and that is the last known contact made um by caitlin and as of today there are no updates okay
1: um so on may 5th 2020 45 year old tamara holona bell disappeared from little rock arkansas After her father hadn't heard from her in over a week, on May 13th, he called the police to do a welfare check. In the weeks leading up to her disappearance, he had been getting strange texts from her phone that didn't sound like her. Uh, Her husband said that he had been in Kentucky and hadn't actually seen her since May 5th. He also was afraid that someone was trying to kill him, and actually a few days later he was found dead in his car. Uh, His death is still under investigation, and there's been no comment on if Tamara's disappearance and her husband's death are related. Tamara Holona Bell is a black female, 5'9 to 6 foot, 115 pounds. She has red hair, brown eyes, pierced ears, and tattoos on her chest and right arm. She also uses the last name Bell Walker and Williams Bell, and no updates in either of those cases. All
0: right. Uh, Episode 19 was the episode where we both covered cases of Christopher's, and they both started with a K, and Mm -hmm. we did not plan that. It was very bizarre um my so it was christopher kutzer and christopher brian lewis Mm -hmm. i covered the case of christopher kutzer he's a 25 he was a 25 year old man when he went missing on sunday january 27th of 2019 from uh burnaby british columbia although he did grow up in edmonton alberta that's where he was living at the time and where he ended up going missing so the story goes that an off-duty uh, RCMP officer discovered his light blue 2003 Saturn Ion um, parked in a parking lot of um, a trail, uh, actually specifically Elk Mountain Trail, with this the window, the rear windows smashed, and it looking like like it's been damaged a lot, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty much. Where it stands for his case and as of today there are no updates and that's what i got for you
1: so my christopher um on february 4th 2014 13 year old christopher brian lewis disappeared from boston massachusetts after his bus dropped him off after school he walked with a friend until he was a block away from his house but when he never made it home his mother called the police However, the police assumed that he was a runaway and they never took his disappearance seriously, which is one of the things that we talked about in the case, um, one of the main messages. Um, Christopher is biracial, black, and Hispanic, five foot, uh, five foot one and 87 pounds. He has brown hair and brown eyes with a scar on his bottom lip and through his left eyebrow. Uh, he was last seen wearing a navy blue polo shirt and a black sweater with red lettering on the front, a black peacoat, khaki pants, and red and white Nike sneakers. Uh, he was carrying a back- black and yellow backpack, and he may be wearing glasses. And unfortunately, there have been no updates on his case.
0: Episode 20, Richard Kalani Vieira and El- Emma Filipov. I covered the case of Emma, Elma, excuse me, my goodness, Emma Filipov, who originally was from Perth, Ontario, but uh, was 26 years old when, at the time. She went missing from Vancouver Island in B.C., british columbia this happened on the 29th of uh november in 2012 and the story of her disappearance was a bit unique because she spoke to the police the day that she went missing um there's been a lot of actual footage um coverage on her case Mm -hmm. uh because it's a bit bizarre and there's a lot of uh, sightings and and pictures and people who knew her and etc so On the day that she went missing, Victoria police actually spoke with her because they had received a phone call stating that there was a woman acting oddly outside of uh, the Empress Hotel. Mm -hmm. So they showed up and they ended up speaking to her for roughly like 45 minutes to an hour and concluded that things were okay and like sent her on her way. Well, that was the last known sighting of her until... A few years later, a man came forward stating that he saw her at 5 a.m. on the morning of November 29th, which is the it's it's weird. So it's the day after she disappeared. So I must be on the 30th, Um, but it says the 29th. He said that he saw a young woman on the side of the road looking distressed. So he pulled over. And asked her if she needed a ride anywhere and she said yes and then he couldn't take her exactly where she wanted to but he brought her close enough he stated and this was because he was on his way to work and he was just trying to he was trying to make everything work etc mm-hmm. um that was the last known sighting that we have we're, we're aware of of emma um and there's also information that came forward afterwards that um she uh she was suffering some mental uh men- mental health issues and that could maybe explain why she was she was on walking on the streets with no shoes on she can, kind of her behavior as the man reported was a little bit like up and then down like she seemed cra- she seemed like crazy like excited about something and then calmed down and then when she got out of the car she was acting oddly again mm-hmm. so yeah and as of yet, as of today, there are no updates on Emma Filipoff.
1: So my case was on Richard Kalani Vieira. So on July 5th, 2014, 15-year-old Richard Vieira, who went by Kalani, never came home from his hike on the Camili-Uno, uh Ridge Trail. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that
0: one. That's okay.
1: Um, when he started heading back down the trail, he called his mother. And when she didn't hear from him again, she ended up calling for help. So firefighters started combing the trail, but no trace of Kalani was ever found. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalani is a white male, five foot five, one 120 pounds. He has reddish-brown hair and brown eyes and was last seen wearing a dark blue shirt, shorts and shoes with a light brown backpack. And unfortunately, no uh, updates on that case.
0: Episode 21, Asunta Susie Tomasi and Elnaz Hajtamiri. I covered the case of Elnaz Hajtamiri, Uh, who's a 37-year-old woman who was violently attacked by two men in a parking garage last December. Mm -hmm. Remember that case? Yep. Kind of insane, the story. Uh, So she was abducted. Sorry, she was violently attacked in the parking garage by two men. Luckily, she was able to get away. Apparently, somebody had seen um, the attack and kind of spoke up, and then they ran away. Uh, After that, she was clearly afraid so she packed up her stuff she moved in with family in further into ontario about like an hour away from where she originally was living to wasaga beach with family members and on january 12th of this year three men posing as police officers rushed through basically her family's house and ripped her out of the house and then into a car Uh, the car that they brought her into was a white Alexis SUV, so not a cop car. They were not police officers. And uh, it's important also to mention that at the time she had an ex boyfriend who, nine days after her disappearance, was being charged for criminally harassing El So there is an update. On April 14th of this year, CBC Canada reports that an arrest was made on one of the suspects involved in the parking garage attack back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, so a man by the name of Riasat Ria Sat Singh, 23 year old man of Mississauga was arrested as a first suspect. Uh, and he's, he was taken into police custody. Then following that arrest, there was a Canada wide warrant out for the second suspect in that attack by a uh, man by the name of Hard Harshdeep Binner, a uh, 23-year-old man as well from Brampton, Ontario, and this was issued by the York Regional Police. Both these men are facing charges of attempted murder, attempted kidnapping and possession of uh, property obtained by a crime which would probably be referring to the car that they stole to get away mm-hmm. after the attack. Um so no one has been arrested as of today in connection with the abduction and police have not publicly named any suspects but of course you would still think about the ex-boyfriend right right which brings us to the next update so many updates i know uh yeah pretty close together too on april 25th of 2022 police revealed news that there is evidence proving that elnaz's ex-boyfriend mohammed lilo age 34 montreal quebec hired private investigators from Brampton, Ontario to keep tabs on Elnaz for weeks leading up to her abduction. Um, the Brampton-based Investigators Plus Limited uh, is who he hired to locate and surveil her. Three sources came forward with this information to CBC. And out of the three, one of the sources claimed that the investigators of the one of the investigators of the firm conducted surveillance on Elnaz on January 10th. Eleventh and and eleventh outside of Wasaga, the Wasaga Beach home where she was staying at with her family, hmm. and then to make it even this like crazier in the sense that like the connection is just it's it's insane. How could you not? Anyways, yeah. um, on the twelfth or the day that she went missing. The surveillance that he had put or hired them to to do on her was called off the morning of
1: okay right like yeah.
0: a crazy coincidence i don't i don't i don't know yeah anyways so that is where it stands as of right now Elnez is still a missing person um but that was the last update and i'm hoping there's more to come wow yeah
1: So are good updates yep Um, So for my case, uh, 73-year-old Asunta Susie Thomas, Tomasi, sorry, uh, went missing from Fort Pierce, Florida on March 16th, 2018. So she left the restaurant that she owned with her husband and walked toward a nearby shopping center. Her husband quickly noticed that Susie was missing and he went to go look for her since she does have dementia. So police found a surveillance video of her getting into the passenger side of a white pickup truck, uh, which started driving towards the highway. Mm-hmm. So so far, police have not been able to identify the driver or find any trace of Susie. Still, they're still looking for both of them. Um, so Susie Tomasi is a white female with blonde hair and brown eyes. She's five foot eight, one hundred and forty pounds, and was last seen wearing a black leather jacket with a blue and white striped shirt, black pants, gold wedge heels, sunglasses, a Rolex watch, and expensive jewelry, which with a large black purse that had a multicolored polka dot scarf attached. And like I said, there still have been no updates in that case.
0: I remember that one, too. Mm -hmm. All right. This 22nd episode, William Mark Alley and Jonathan John Riley. I covered the case of Jonathan or John Riley, who went missing in May of 2013 from Toronto, Ontario at age 47. So he was living in Meaford, Ontario, but took a bus to Toronto for a weekend job in in the village, mm-hmm. uh, the gay village. Uh, it was believed to be a labor job, like a, um, yeah, like a quick couple day labor job. And he was only expected to go for the weekend and then uh, return home. Uh, but he did not return home and he never made contact with any of his family members, which he was known to keep in contact with them on a regular basis. So that was very alarming um so another possibly crucial piece of information it, or connection is that when john went missing it happened to be in and around the same time when when the serial killer uh, bruce MacArthur was at large and it turned out it turns out that the two of them actually frequented like some same places like cafes and restaurants and whatnot in the village mm-hmm. and um, John did work some odd jobs doing labor, did labor jobs. So I don't know, do with that information what you will, but that there's that coincidence. Um, as of today, there are no connections officially made and, um, he is still a missing person
1: and there are no updates. Okay. Um, So, on February 2nd, 2000, 33-year-old William Mark Alley disappeared from Lexington, North Carolina. So, that morning, Mark resigned from his job at the Davidson County Museum of Art, where he had been the director for five years after it was discovered that almost $15,000 was missing. So, when he didn't pick their child up from the babysitter, his wife reported him missing. She did find a note, but it's still never been released to the public. He's 5'11", 175 pounds, and he was last seen wearing a brown canvas coat with a leather collar, a wedding band, watch and necklace, and no new updates on that case.
0: Yeah, I remember us talking about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, why would he, at $50,000, it doesn't sound like a lot to run away from, you know, like having stolen, let's say he did. hmm But you never know. Never know. You never know what goes on in anybody's life and why the reasons behind it um episode 23 cases of Aaron brooks and michael monkey joseph fogan vaughn vaughn excuse Mm -hmm. me yes vaughn like vince vaughn right right on december 27th 2021 38 year old a 38-year-old woman by the name of Erin Brooks, an indigenous woman, was last seen in her hometown on camera footage in a smoke shop in St. Mary's First Nation Reserve in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Rings any bells? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it was pretty recent that we covered this case.
1: Yeah, these are sounding more familiar. Yeah,
0: yes. So she's a mother um, of four children, including two young children by the eight, uh, of the ages 10 and 6, so pretty young and... Mm-hmm. Of course, her family member is Mr. Daly. Um, so the story kind of ends there. Um, but there's a, another piece of information that is a bit uh, odd and, and, and just maybe the coincidences are just kind of a little scary. But there was a time when Erin wrote on her social media, on her Facebook, a cryptic, me- a cryptic message status that now it seems like it maybe before it was just not so bizarre for her to write it. But given the circumstances, it is a bit weird and uh, cryptic now, mm-hmm. basically. So she said that she, if she ever was to go missing, um, just know that it wasn't out of her own free will. And, um, she would never just disappear. And that basically look into it because uh, something bad has happened is what she says. Uh, and she goes on and says that and this is a fact indigenous women are more at risk of things like this happening so if she goes missing go search for me is basically the gist of her message and this was posted on her Facebook uh, or social social media in 2018 so investigators believe that she might be a victim of foul play but there's nothing more than that that's been released no updates.
1: Okay. Um, so five-year-old Michael Vaughn disappeared from his home in Fruitland, Idaho, on July 27, 2021. Um, his father left him playing video games in the living room for 15 to 20 minutes, and when he came back, Michael was gone. Police and neighbors immediately started searching, and canine dogs were able to track his scent to the end of the street where it abruptly stopped. Um, police are still looking into a white Honda, or into a white 2016 to 2020 honda pilot that was seen leaving the area that night but so far there are, is no new information mm. um i think the thing that really surprised us about this case was just how much the police kind you know came together and yeah and supported the family and yeah that kind of stuff um michael who also answers to monkey has blonde hair and blue eyes he's three foot six fifty pounds he was last seen wearing a light blue minecraft shirt and dark blue or a black boxer briefs with lime green stitching and size 11 flip-flops
0: um episode 24 antoine jarvis and william Farrer. Farrer, far mm-hmm. fair fair mm-hmm. uh i covered the case of antoine who is a 19 year old was a 19 year old man when he went missing on young man when he went missing on april 7th in 2016 so he left his home um in the morning so sorry I did not explain this but this case is covered in uh, takes place in Quebec the province of Quebec uh, city of Laval so he leaves his home on that morning of April 7th uh, without finishing his breakfast and it was odd his, his sister recalls like she calls his mom and says like yeah he left but he didn't finish his breakfast and he didn't like put the dishes away or anything away it was a little odd um, and then after that he was seen again uh, at not ni- around 9:15 a.m. on a city bus near the La Chapelle bridge not too far away from his home um, another important factor in this case is that he Anton was suffering suffering from mental health issues at the time and at that time he had been given new medication that was making him um, dizzy and confused mm-hmm. and it said that it's believed that on the day that he went missing he he chose not to take it um and that was the that's the last information that i have on him there are have, there are no updates and he has not been seen since
1: so my case was on william fairer uh, who went by bill so on september 13th 2002 66 year old uh bill fairer disappeared from Louisville, georgia Uh, He was last seen near his favorite fishing spot, Rocky Comfort Creek on Clarksmill Road with two men in a white Dodge truck with North Carolina plates. Um, Police quickly began looking into the creek uh, and even diverted it, but there was no sign of him was ever found. Um, Bill was a white male with gray hair and brown eyes, 5'6", 175 to 195 pounds, and wears glasses. There have been no new updates on that case.
0: All right, so that concludes all our episodes for the last two years. Yeah. 24 minus a few because we don't count the ones before you were here, but we count them. <laughs> just, you know what I mean?
1: I do think it's um a little sad that of those, we have 17 cases that we've just been over. Mm-hmm. I have two updates.
0: I know. and Well, I had a, a three, I believe. Yeah, not enough. Yep. Absolutely. That's absolutely heartbreaking that it's like that. Yep. I hope that one day all of these have updates.
1: That would be ideal. Yeah. Um, right. Well, if you want to listen to any of the full versions of these cases, you can check them out on Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yes. And to find case-related photos or contact information regarding if you have any tips or leads, please visit our Instagram at casesmilk. Also, if you're interested in viewing today's episode check out the bio section on our instagram
1: um and if you have any questions or cases that you'd like us to cover you can send us an email at uh, milkcartoncases at gmail.com
0: so keep your eyes sharp
1: and your ears open